Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Here's a really big question. What would you do if your partner asked you if it would be okay if they had sex with someone else? The idea of an open marriage really isn't new, but it seems to be a really hot topic right now. And the truth is that monogamy is a continuum. At one end are what we call serial monogamous, people who are only involved with one, of, one person at a time. Then it moves through those who have one main relationship with maybe a side sexual partner. And then finally, to those who have multiple sexual partners at a time. And where you fall and what you're comfortable with may be different than where your spouse is. But it can be difficult to figure out where your partner's request to open your marriage to other sexual partners is coming from. And that's the topic that I'm tackling today. And to help walk us through this, I'm joined by relationship coach Gail Lynn. So, Gail, thanks for coming on the show. And you, this is a really interesting topic, I think. Isn't it? And thank you, Leslie, for having me. I am so excited to be here and to um, discuss all this fun, juicy stuff <laughs> that we're going to discuss today. You know, so. well, it's interesting because, um, you know, many years ago, there was, a, there was a time in my practice when I was getting a lot of people who you know, were, were involved in what would be considered at, at that point in time, this was probably 10, 15 years ago, non-traditional relationships. And I came home and I said something to my husband and he said, word has gotten out that you are non-judgmental. And I went, well, that's cool. Um, but it also was a really interesting um, uh, opportunity to learn more about this and you, you actually have personal experience with this subject so would you mind sharing how you handled it when your husband broached his desire to have sex with somebody in addition to you <laughs> yeah absolutely so um and you know i i so agree like being in that space where you're non-judgmental is huge um that's that's a space that i've definitely um provide to for my clients. So mm -hmm. he's, he was right on there. <laughs> the word got out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so I do have personal experience. Um, my husband uh, had come to me after we had been together for about 28 years. Wow. And yeah, yeah, right. And there is a lot going on in our life at that time. Um, we had a son who was uh, kind of at the, at the height of a heroin addiction. Oh my goodness. And yeah, and so as mama bear, you know, I was kind of shut down because I'm just concerned about my baby bear. Yeah. And and we, you know, so I I see where I my part was in all of this. Mm -hmm. But then also with Dave, my husband, um, he came to me and he had been thinking about this for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And he just said, you know, I've never had sex with anybody else but you. Mm -hmm. 
because um, we were, you know, in the church, very fundamental um, belief. And so, you know, it, it is, you know, one wife, one husband, and that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And so when he finally got the courage up to talk to me about it, I freaked out. I flat out was, yeah. I was stunned <laughs> because, you know, we have all of these cultural beliefs that it's supposed to be a certain way. And if it's mm-hmm. not, you somehow failed. And that was just my, what was happening internally with me. Mm-hmm. And I literally, I went to the closet and cried because I, I felt not good enough. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it just you kind of, when you get into those situations and this is something that people learn, it's not all about you, you know, <laughs> but it yeah. feels like it. But it is partially about you. I mean, I mean, I can only imagine because that's, you you know, because I think that is where a lot of, there's a lot of fear, lack of knowledge, lack of support in, in, in many cases. Um, You know, because, yeah, it's, it's, you know, where, where somebody's coming in and and it's like, well, what, I'm not enough for you. I mean, what's, that's, and, and that's how I felt, you know, yeah. I, that's, I'm just like, oh, what, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, all of those tapes start playing and it's, it starts a process in your mm-hmm. life. It's a little bit of a, you know, okay, things are changing. And, um, as humans, sometimes we just are not comfortable with change, even though it happens every day in our life. Mm-hmm. And there are just times in our life where big changes happen rather than small changes. And so this, you know, is obviously was a point for between the two of us where there was a big change happening. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I did, because you're right, it, I was taking it all about me. It wasn't. It was about both of us and mm-hmm. what was happening between both of us and really looking at um, what was kind of at the root of, of this desire. Mm-hmm. And um, is there more behind it? Is, is there, you know, so really starting to dig into what was happening. And so for me, you know, I began to look at myself, like, where am I? And I knew I was in a state where, hey, I was I was popping sleeping pills so that I could sleep because I was worried about my son. And so I knew there was a piece of me that I'm like, oh, whoa, you know, I this is what's happening. I'm I'm falling asleep. And mm-hmm. then there's no sexy time in the bed. Right. Right. And and so I started to look at that part. And um and then on the other end, he was also looking at, you know, what is it with him and him? And we didn't make any hasty decisions. What we decided to do was, okay, let's let's really talk about this and see what we can do to up the intimacy game between mm-hmm. the two of us. Mm-hmm. And so we really, we went in and did um, orgasmic meditation. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that before? I have. I have. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and for me, that... Um, really opened me back up where things kind of got really doldrum and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just it's like, okay, let's fulfill the duty between us. Let's have sex so we can go to sleep, you know, all that 
mm-hmm. just you kind of get into those ruts and and um, so this actually brought me back into a space where it kind of really enlivened me and my sexuality mm-hmm. and it brought us a lot closer together um, for those times among other things of you know having fun and the date nights and the yeah. costumes and you know really going into those spaces and then <laughs> what happened is a year later comes around and he expressed it to me again. So it never really, like that desire never did really go away with him. He was just curious, you know, what would it be like Mm -hmm. to have sex with somebody else? I've never done it, never experienced it. And so um, it was at that time, you know, we had to sit down and, and really have a serious conversation. This is obviously not going to go away. He still has the desire, and I really respected the fact that, you know, he could have gone out and cheated on me, Correct. Um, and he didn't. And this is what is really a message I want to get out there to people. You don't have to go out and cheat. There are better ways to deal with this. Um, Right, know. because because I, I mean, because a lot of people, it's like if you're in an open marriage, or if you if you're not cheating, you have had a conversation, you have made a decision, you have talked about this, you have done these things, as opposed to cheating, is doing you know is 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 not being honorable about what what it is you're doing, and you know, and it's interesting that you talk about this because I think it's one of the things that. You, as you're saying, as you're describing it, you're describing it, this was multifaceted. There was a particular, potentially a particular um, event, that's not quite the right word, but, but you know, concern in your life, you, you, you know, there's, there's some, there was this external thing to your marriage that was happening that was really, de- I can't even imagine, devastating and all-encompassing for you, which, you know, makes sense that, Okay, we're not connecting as a couple because I am in this in this headspace. Um, but you know, but and and then you also were describing you guys have been together for a while. Things had gotten, you know, a little mundane, you know, a little predictable. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this is yeah. very common for a lot of couples. And you know, I mean, and and people, you know, and of course we have this out there now. There's much more. Like I said, it's been going on forever and eternity, but it's it's getting much more notice now. Um, and, you know, so people are thinking, oh, well, this is a way to spice things up, which is potentially possible. But again, it's something that needs to be done very consciously and carefully, I think, because otherwise you're putting the primary relationship at risk. I, yes, absolutely. There is, um, you know, a lot of communication that needs to start happening. And that's where, you know, for me with my clients, that communication piece is so key. Because, you know, for us, we went in circles. I just call it my communication circle, where we just talked for four hours and we did the same thing yesterday and we're still nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so really learning how to communicate, you know, your feelings and needs in a very clear way is huge when you're considering opening a marriage. 
Yeah, because there's yeah. so many moving parts. So, so what are some things that couples actually really need to consider and talk about to, to help them get to a decision on this? It is really getting down to um, what are both of your desires and being really, really solid in yourself that this is what each one of you wants because there's all different kinds of ways that you can design it. There are couples that, you know, one partner wants to kind of remain monogamous and the other one kind of moves into a poly type lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's because the sex drives are just mismatched. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and one partner just doesn't want to have sex, but the other one does. And so, you know, one partner is, is actually saying, okay, you know, I, I'm not fulfilling this need. I recognize that. Let's see what we can do. And then, you know, the other partner will have somebody, you know, or it, in our case, we decided to both date different people mm-hmm. and kind of see that. And so one of the things for us, too, that was really important is uh, to go through a time of uncoupling where, I mean, we had been together for 28 years. Mm-hmm. We were pretty enmeshed and, and you know, making decisions together and, and you know, the codependency piece that just kind of naturally happens after that many years. Um, we really needed to take some time to find out who is Gail without Dave and who's Dave without Gail. You know, by doing little things like let's go take a couple weeks apart and just go find what we want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, what do, what what would Gail do without Dave around? You know, <laughs> right? Oh, she'd go to dance and she'd you know do the things that Dave doesn't necessarily like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you know Dave would go do some things. He actually during one of the times that we took uh, several weeks to uncouple. He went out to his parents and ended up writing a play that he had had on his mind and heart for years. Mm-hmm. And he actually wrote the whole entire thing. Wow. And so, so it, yeah, it was just by, like, giving each other space um, to really kind of find out who we are and then be able to make the decision from there what, what really feels right for both of us. Mm-hmm. And and stuff and and it's not something to rush into I mean I would recommend you know having it it helps to have somebody in your court and that's why I do what I do now is because it was messy along the way and I do believe if I had somebody in my court that could just you know have no judgment no shame or guilt about it's whatever you really want for your life then let's move you forward right well and it's you know, and and you t- and and you said something earlier, and I think it's critically important um, because there are these external expectations, right? And and you know, they're cultural, they're societal. I mean, there's you know, they're they're familiar. I mean, familiar in terms of being family. Um, you know that yeah. that this is this is this is the way it is done. And if you step out, you know, if you color outside the lines, there's something wrong with you. Um, and, and this is, I think, where people feel stifled. And, you know, you're, oh. ta- you know, and you're talking about 
you know, we change, we change and grow over, over time. Now our core, hopefully our core selves are still pretty much the same, but you know, but, but we learn things and we experience things. And so, you, you know, we don't want these relationships. I don't, you know, I, I don't want people to be handcuffed by their relationships, but you know, it's very scary when you go to your partner and you, and you try, you know, and you're having this conversation and, you know, and so this is one of those things that, you know, it, it, the feelings are all still there. It's just, is there a safe place? Can we talk about them, um, you know, and not necessarily take action? And I think this is one of the things where, you know, this kind of change, you don't want it to, at least in my opinion, I don't think you want it to be reactionary, that here's this thing happening, so I'm going to go do this other thing without paying attention to all the moving parts of it and it sounds like you guys did a really good job of addressing those those moving parts yeah you know we really we we did the best we could I can tell you that but mm-hmm. it, it it really did you know we really kind of took our time before um, going into it and one of the things that really helped us was um, the sacred sexuality which we're going to get yeah. to in just a minute because I want to talk to you about okay. that. But I need to let the listeners know that this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm talking open marriage with fellow relationship coach Gail Lynn. And as you're understanding, opening your marriage to other people is a really big decision. And it's not one to be made lightly. Understanding why you or your or your partner want this is absolutely critical in being able to talk about the consequences for you both as individuals into your relationship is essential. And having a safe space and potentially some professional guidance can be invaluable. So if this is something you're considering, I can help. Please take a moment and send me an email or give me a call and schedule your free no obligation discovery call. You can reach me at area code 919-924-0463. That's 919-924-0463. Or you can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, and as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. And I want to get back to this um, conversation with Gail. So you were talking about, you mentioned something called sacred sexuality and how you and how it helped so can you describe what that is yeah so the um, specific sacred sexuality class that we chose to go to was called the Kwidoshka and it when we decided okay we're going to do this we're going to um, you know what does this look like all this Mm -hmm. you know is going through our minds Um, we had had somebody mentioned that um, you know, the sacred sexuality. Okay. And so we checked it out and it just happened to be two weeks later <laughs> from the time our just, you know, we, we were starting to get into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it couldn't have been better timing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when we walked in the door, we, I mean, we probably learned more about sexuality in that course than we were ever taught in our lives. Yep. You know, because there's, I mean, my parents never talked about these things mm-hmm. and, and beginning to understand it. And, and that was the space, too, where we really started to grasp 
the different um, types of relationships that are out there, you know, the monogamy, the polyamory, the open relationship, um, you know, all of the different things that can happen. And it also gave a great container. Like here we are, we're in a container Mm -hmm. and we actually have the opportunity to uh, free dance. So that means, you know, we can pick other partners. Mm-hmm. And so that that was like the way we kind of like easily kind of broached this whole thing is um, by being in this container where we knew it was safe. There's nothing that's going to go outside of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could actually experience, you know, being with different, I could be with different men. He could be with different women. And if there was a time where we were triggered, mm-hmm. we could do it together. Okay. And so it gave us, um, and, and these are just, you know, simple, you know, simple exercises like breathing exercises, like being intimate and, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, being present with a partner, you know, different things like that. Um, and right. Things, things that were, things that were not actually exposed to. I mean, you know, um, I have, yeah. you know, I, I have a standard saying that, you know, nobody has to take a relationship 101 class and everybody should. And I also think people should take, you know, a, a, a sexuality class, not sex education, not, not, the, not the nuts and bolts, but actually the, the more global, the more expansive view of it because, you know, I think it, I think it would be helpful. I think it could solve, you know, could Oh, so many. Be in better relationships. Absolutely. So, I mean, when, when you understand so much more about, you know, just sexual, sexuality, and, and there is a sacredness to it. There is an absolute sacred beauty to sexuality. And that, you know, what that class was bringing into focus um, all of that and mm-hmm. all of the different ways that you can be in a relationship. And so it really gave us more of uh, the confidence of after, you know, being in that space. And we went through, I, it was a lot of personal development during that time too. And so when, um, you know, we would move through these spaces, we would get triggered and, and, and it would, um, you know, kind of put us in a position where, okay, now we got to talk this one out. So we were there and we had guidance and we had other people around us to, to help us move through it. And so it was kind of like our, our little baby entry into <laughs> being with other people. So can, can, you, can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by triggers, maybe give some examples of, of, what, of what those were? Well, you know, it's interesting when you're in a big room and you can look across the room and you can see your husband with another woman and he can see his wife with another man, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, like you might see that they're actually enjoying themselves and, you know, having a great time. And, you know, so, some of those inadequacy Mm -hmm. triggers start to to come to the surface um, because it's it's kind of threatening, Mm -hmm. right? It's different if you go out on a date, you don't see what's happening. (laughs) 
you know. Right. It's all, <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all kind of, I mean, yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of, all right, it's, it's in my, well, and it, this could actually be bad because it's in my imagination, so I could be imagining things worse than it actually is. So, yeah, I mean, this is just, you know, this is, this is such a, um, you know, it's such an interesting thing, and I'm so glad that you mentioned about the you know, about the personal development because that's such a critically important piece that I think a lot of us, when we just follow the rules, quote unquote, and we don't ever stop to think, does this fit for me? Does it fit for my partner? Does it fit for our relationship? You know that that people yeah. can have a lot more. Um, variability you know but 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 that's scary and that means we have to be able to have these conversations with you know it's easier to keep them in the closet because then it's like oh then we can just pretend everything's fine but as you guys discovered it wasn't no it wasn't and you know the one of the things like I I really focus on with my clients is you know what kind of pillars do you have for your life like what are your guiding pillars you know, um, like honesty, authenticity, vulnerability, curiosity, like really coming up with what it is for you. And so you can, in that moment, am I being honest and vulnerable to what I really feel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when scary. you can really drop in, it's so scary <laughs> because what's going to happen possibly is the other person's going to feel Mm, and how yes. many times do we protect what the other person is going to feel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think really kind of finding that space in, in this kind of situation is, is a really helpful thing to do. It's kind of your compass. You know, if you're, yes. you know, headed north and on, on the path or if you veered off. Right. So, so what is your advice? to someone who might be facing this decision? You know, my advice would be to, um, you know, find somebody that could give you some professional guidance. I do think that it is very helpful in these situations. Um, Sometimes just having that third person uh, helps everybody to see all angles that are going on. It helps Mm -hmm. to see what some people can't see. You know, because we're all going into this, we don't know what we don't know. Right. right? And so, and then um, for me, it's because I had the boots on the ground, I've actually gone through this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it helps to have somebody like that too in your court or somebody who, you know, like you said, you've dealt with a lot of unconventional marriages. Mm-hmm. So it, I just think it's a great thing to do. And then, um, there's also some really great books out there like uh, More Than Two, you know, Ethical Slut, Polysecure. You know, those are, mm-hmm. you know, some books to just also kind of get in there and um, help you see how all of this could lay out and kind of the important pieces to keep in mind so that you can really choose if this is really what you want for your life and stuff. And sometimes we got to get past our stuff before we know if it's something we really want. Well, I, I, and, and I'd say that's, you know, that, that's a given because that's really, you know, that's really 
true of, of any aspect of, of our life that, you know, I mean, it was interesting that you talked about in the beginning where when your husband came to you and, and, and there's this moment where, you know, and the, the initial reaction that we're all going to have is about me. But then can we breathe, calm down, and recognize it's not just about me. So it's that, you just mentioned, you know, the idea that, you know, my partner is going to feel something and maybe they're going to feel something not pleasant, so I want to protect them. And my, you know, my standard has been if you aren't intentionally doing something to harm your partner, to hurt them, then how they're feeling about something isn't about you, right? I mean, you know, if, you, if you're being exactly. honest and authentic and coming to somebody and being vulnerable and open and going, oh, my God, I'm not okay with this, they're going to have a feeling, which is fine. And, the, and they're, you know, and it's like as long as you're not, like I said, if you're not, if you're, if you're not saying it to hurt them, then it's right, okay exactly. to say. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's where, you know, we have to tighten up that communication piece so it doesn't feel like some moralistic judgment is in there, you know, mm -hmm. um, really, you know, stepping away to observe and be able to communicate in a way that doesn't cause the other person to feel attacked. Right. right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, again, this is the approach. And, and it's interesting because, you know, it sounds like in your case, it some of this some of his thoughts and feelings about this were triggered by what was actually happening, but those thoughts and feelings had probably always been there. And, yeah. you know, this was just, you know, and, and so that's why I think that you would agree that this can't be, it can't be a reactive decision. And I think that's a lot of times what affairs are, um, that people aren't dealing with what's actually going on. And so, you know, they're going outside yeah. of the relationship surreptitiously because I don't know how to deal with it over here, whereas your husband brought it to the table and, and you guys started the journey in, the, in a different way and things improved, but then he still had this desire. Yeah, he did. And, and um, you know, we also did choose to get a divorce. And it wasn't necessarily over the relationship stuff. It was a bunch of other things that we just decided, you know, um, he wanted to go a, kind of a separate way than I did. And and so, you know, there's still stuff. There's always stuff <laughs> to work through, right? <laughs> yes, to quote Gilda Radner, it's always something. Um, <laughs> it's always something. You know, and, and, and I think that that's where, you know, and, and again, people not having the tools to deal with that something, whether it's a partner who wants to open up the relationship or whether it's something else going on. Um, you know, those are the tools that I think we are doing a disservice to people um, by not giving them those tools, by not, by not creating yeah those spaces where we can have these really difficult conversations because it, because it's also a conversation we're having with ourselves. How do I feel about this? What are the things that are important to me? Things that we don't spend, you know, it's like, oh, no, 
Bridgerton's on. I'm going to go watch that. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go escape into this well, into this fantasy world as opposed to dealing with you know what's sitting across from me at the kitchen table. Yeah, exactly. And and you know that's why uh, you know these conversations that we're having for people to hear, mm-hmm. you know that there are ways to do it and there are tools out there that'll help you do it. And there's awesome people out there that would love to help walk you through it too. And that's a perfect segue because can you please tell people where they can learn more about you, what you do, how, how to maybe get this process done in a, in a yeah. safe way? Absolutely. So I do have a website. It's uh, relationshipsevolving.com. My email is gail at relationshipsevolving.com, so G-A-Y-L-E. I can also be reached at 602-501-4302. And I'm on Facebook. You can find me there. You can friend me there. I also have a page, um, Relationships Evolving with Gail Lynn. And I have a Facebook group for women right now. So if you want to join that, it is a private group um, where we can discuss the strategies and advice around these kind of topics and um, support each other. Perfect. Because you know, marriage is a unique and challenging relationship, and couples are always searching for ways to be successful at it. And maybe opening yours up is a solution. But it's not one to enter into hastily, and it's also a decision that needs to be made willingly, not out of fear. And so if you struggle to talk about it, making an open marriage work will be almost impossible. Moving forward is a serious step, and there may be better options for improving your marriage, but you're not going to know if you don't investigate. And so I'm hoping that one of the things that you'll keep doing is listening to, my, to this show and to my wonderful guests like Gail. And until next week, stay loving.